Listening Dog Media. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it was somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Here. Breathtaking. Like never before. Welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman, and Lindsay Hooper. Later on, we'll be joined by one of my former teammates who made over 500 appearances during his career, winning three league titles, four FA Cups along the way. The Romford Pelé, Mr. Ray Parler. I was just sitting next to Thierry, and um, there was times when we had a right laugh, trying to see if he caught me slang. And, <laughs> and that's, the, that's, the famous, that's the famous story, Dave, when I said, um, oh, you think they're beans on toast? This was in training. Anyway, he scores a goal about two weeks later, and I, I've got to do the interview with him. We won 1-0 and Thierry scores a goal and he come off the post. So I said to Thierry, you've got it now. First thing you say. <laughs> and uh, Thierry took me through your goal and it was one of them. Uh, I had a bit of luck. It come off the beans on toast and went in to goal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, Lindsay. Yay, I'm here. I was listening on the beach, getting wound up by Adam. <laughs> <laughs> What was it this time? The voice or...? Uh... The voice is awful. I mean, I feel like I'm going to go down some decibels for this show. It is <laughs> a spitting image of your uh, voice. We, we, could, not, we could do it I'm now not, and people wouldn't know the uh, difference. It'd be like you're talking to yourself. I am that high-pitched, am I? No, Lindsay, not. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, yeah, trying to also advertise all the players at Wolves. That particular chat, I was like, no! I no, really don't advertise our players. A, a, a point of view, a, fa- a fact almost, and actually both 
David and Callum agree with me. <laughs> we're happy going under the radar. Mean. Yeah, we're happy with that. It, it, by the way, trust Adam to be the person that highlights that, given that he's a Southampton fan and they've been rinsed of their players. For... <laughs> New owners now. <laughs> Not going to happen. Yeah, yeah right. Don't pass that back on. <laughs> Go on, Callum, what are you going to say? I was going to say, I, I, I bought all that point, Lindsay. So thanks, Callum. Hypocrite. You're dragging yeah. yourself into this now. Um, excuse me, who got you an exact score? Yes, oh, you yes. did. But I'm not so sure about this week. David got more correct results. I got an exact score, which obviously helped. But what? only three, guys. Yeah, but it's still one more point than David. And I know. because oh. of the exact score. And what team got you that exact score? Oh, amazing. Yes. Back in your box, Lindsay. Back in your box. Although, before I went on holiday, wasn't the gap to David something like seven and now it's only five? Oh, Should have gone on holiday. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach you. Yeah, yeah, it will. They wouldn't well. listen, Lindsay. I was telling him to throw it in all sorts, say all sorts of different scores. <laughs> We had a cyclone, actually. I got a pass to watch some of the football, which I didn't think I would get on honeymoon. But when you'd all had that storm, was it Eustace or Eunice? Eunice, Eunice. was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. We had a storm here um, and I was getting updates and I was feeling very smug at the time because it was beautiful sunshine. I was on a beach having a pina colada and I was getting pictures from home. You know, it's really bad, the storm. We're having to batten down the hatches. And then 24 hours later, there was a cyclone coming to Mauritius. I saw that. Um, your, your oh, socials. wow. Oh, it was torrential, but just 24 hours. And so pretty much, you know, within two days, it was over. Uh, but what it did mean was for Saturday and Sunday, I got a free pass to watch all the football. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> it's great. It's brilliant. Well, a lot's happened since, uh, since you've been away. And I think there's yeah. a, a lot to unpack. I mean, I guess... <sighs> More recently, it's it's the whole Bielsa debacle. I don't I know. know how you feel about that, David. Oh, yeah, I know my What's internet's gone off. I've got to go. Sorry, guys. Uh. <laughs> 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 oh, what's my reaction? I was gutted. I think you know. Obviously, I'm not the only one. You know, like Leeds fan. That apparently they were they were demonstrating outside the uh, training ground at Leeds, saying that you know. And how often does that happen where fans don't want the manager to be sacked? I felt it was really harsh. He's had, what, three and a half seasons there, or three and a half, just over three and a half seasons. He's had three brilliant seasons. This season, okay, has not gone as, as good as what we thought, but when you've had the spine ripped out of your team for as long as what we have, and a lot of Leeds fans have been saying this, they would rather go down with Bielsa and have him to bring us back up. Is that the point, though, that you might not have had him anyway to bring you yeah, back up? Yeah, so I know. Is there a, an element here of the club having to plan for the end of the season anyway? We know that he does these one-year rolling contracts. There's every likelihood he'd already overstayed in terms of the the reins that he's had at previous clubs. Lots of people thought last season that he was going to go. So yeah. I think they felt like it was nailed on that this summer, you know, to get him again for another year would have been difficult anyway. So was that playing into the decision? I would have thought so, but I still found it really hard, you know, because even with the players, the way that they've come out on social media, you know, saying how much that they like Bielsa, I feel that it's got like a, a negative vibe about it. The, the new guy, Jesse Marsh, you know, he, he's, he's got a lot to do. It's a difficult job coming in after Bielsa. It is. And I always thought it would be, um, particularly partway through a season, because you can't make wholesale changes. Now, clearly Leeds have done their homework here. From what I understand, Jesse Marsh is someone actually that even predates Bielsa, someone that they followed and have yeah. been 
across his career. Similar sort of playing style. So I, I guess from that point of view, they feel like there's less risk there. But then I think you can throw that the other way and say, well, if, if you know, if you're going to criticise Bielsa for being stubborn and carrying on playing the way that he was playing and still you were having that month of, of <laughs> conceding a, a record amount of goals. Yeah then someone new coming in and doing exactly the same is that that's going to be even worse, right? So yeah. there's got to be some sharpening up defensively, I, I imagine. You know, every, everybody says, oh, it's the Leeds way of playing. But like I said, defensively, it needs tightening up a lot. Um, you know, and that's, that's what I think for me, that's the main thing that he's got to do. He's got to tighten the defence up, tighten the chances created against, you know, and then hopefully... Hopefully it's in time when we start getting a few players back. He can't sign any players. He's got the same players that Bielsa had. You know, so and that's it's... going to be key. I think the players coming back is going to be huge because yeah. the the players that we're seeing at the moment, they're spent. I mean, the, the game that I watched at the weekend um, against Spurs, I thought they looked really tired, David. I thought that they looked... Yeah. They look done, done in, and that is part of the Bielsa regime, isn't it? He gets every last ounce out yeah. of these players. But if you don't get new blood or players returning from injury coming into that system, I think it's really, really tough. So I feel for this guy. I think Jesse Marsh, you know, MLS. I don't think there's a comparable there. Obviously, he had a lot of experience in Austrian Bundesliga. But well, he's part of that tough. Leipzig sort of stable yeah. again, though, isn't he? Which is which is your Ralph Rannicks, your, your Harsen Hootles, not so much your Klops, but that style of play. There seems to be an ever-growing amount of that high-pressing style of manager yeah. coming into the Premier League at the moment, which is quite interesting that that's sort of the way that it's going. Yeah, and I th- think it's stylish, isn't it? That's what everyone it wants. It is, it's more rock and roll <laughs> football, or however they put it. You know, in terms of- yeah, but you know, you've, got to, you've got to base it on a defensive foundation. You know, well, you've got to take no a break use. after 60 or 70 minutes, apparently, and take on your gels and everything else. If, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go down. <laughs> Someone go down. You bought that up, Adam. Floor. You bought that up. <laughs> I, I don't give a crap, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> when they did that, I was like, wait. He busted. <laughs> <laughs> and didn't I say it to you at that United game, Callum? You did, yeah. And that was that was 24 hours before it came out. The article came out. I said, watch this. Around 60, 70 minutes, we'll go down and we'll take a breather. We'll chat to the manager oh. and we'll take Gels on board. That's proper management. I love that sort yeah. of thing. Isn't it? And it's playing between the lines. Like, it's not cheating. Yeah. It's like a like some people go, oh, I don't like a tactical, a tactical foul. It's dirty. It's cheating. No. It's within no. the rules of the game and you're yeah. allowed to do it and you take one for the team sometimes and that's that's all part and parcel of it. And yeah, I, even, even watching training. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that. Against I, the rules. <laughs> it's, Look, if it's within the rules, then why aren't people doing it every five or ten minutes? Because they're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody was moaning at Bielsa for doing that with, with Derby and I was like, picking well played. Someone you pat know, that man not, on the he's back. He's not against the rules. You know, even when Arsene Wenger came to Arsenal and we had the, the new training ground built straight away, he had these massive mounds all the way around the training ground. To be fair as well, there was a, a public footpath in between Yeah, I've seen that as I'm driving and, in. I'm and, always and curious. Yeah. Yeah. On Watford's training ground, you know. So you can you can He's go down. Not rubbing off on Watford. <laughs> <laughs> and also this is predating drones. I mean, you don't need a big hedge anymore because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> It'd look bad, wouldn't it, if I had my shotgun at the side of my goal every time it'd blow me. 
it's a whole other yeah. sport. Forget clay pigeon shooting. Yeah, drone, drone shooting. shooting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Going forward, though, in all seriousness with, with this Bielsa situation, because you're right that the community was so invested. I mean, one of the stories that I saw online and I know there's I know there's hundreds of these because he was wonderful with people in Leeds in the city. But there was a guy, I think, who did a regular delivery for him of tea or something. I can't even remember what the product was. But all the time that Bielsa's there, he dropped off this, this delivery every morning. And then there's a photo that appears on Twitter after he's gone because before he left the city, Bielsa went around to say, thank you for delivering those every day. You know, yeah. he got that touch, hadn't he, to him? And people just yeah. loved it. I think in some ways... Uh, I mean, can I use the word oddball? But he was he was a bit of an oddball in some ways. But he was he was different, others, weren't he? You know, you know, yeah. Even the way that he watched the game, like sat on his haunches, and <laughs> you know, you're like, wow, how do you do that? Oh, first yeah. of all, <laughs> <laughs> my quads would burn watching. Oh, but, uh, yeah, it's, well, it's one of those when you see someone and they haven't got enough layers on, and it's really cold, and it makes you feel yeah. cold. It's one of those where your your muscles burn just watching him do that. I didn't like yeah. it to be honest. No. <laughs> But then, and it's weird oh. though, because like he's watching the game at such a low level, you know, so it's really hard to judge distances. You know, like when you watch it up in the stand, you know, you can see when certain passes are on and things like that. But like when you actually go down to pitch level, it's so much harder to watch the game, isn't it? Yeah, I prefer being you know, like near the halfway line, higher. high up. Yeah, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's another, you know, you think, you wow, you know, how does he follow the game? The opposite game to through? that is uh, Steve McLaren, I remember when he was at Derby, he used to do that. He used to go high up to watch yeah. matches. So yeah, from a from a manager's point of view, I don't know I don't know what exactly he's seeing. Clearly he's a, yeah. a wonder and there is something to yeah. it. But yeah. um yeah, I, I, I do wonder about the impact with how invested everyone is. Mm. Um, in, yeah, because he was so humble as well, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, he wasn't. You know, there was there was a clip on social media after they won the championship, and all the players were at the training ground, and he was driving in, and he was in like something like a, I, I don't know, like a I've seen him, I've seen him in that. I mean, it was just like, a, yeah, like a golf, and all the players are singing, <laughs> shouting his name and everything, and it's just a shame. Oh, yeah. you know, it's a shame how it's, it's been. You know, for me, it's a shame how it's been handled. And I felt that I would have carried on with him mm. because it can't get any worse. For me, it was only going to get better. But now we've got to wait. We've got to wait and see what um, what the new manager brings. Spare a thought for the translator as well. <laughs> that used to make me laugh because I'm sure you could understand everything that the reporters were saying. Yes, yeah, <laughs> oh, definitely. An interesting test actually is with, with us having four on here and we've got Callum and Adam as well. I, I'm sure they'll be joining me in saying that suddenly I enjoyed watching Leeds, you know, I have no interest in whether they do yeah. well or not. But I always remember, you know, the game against Liverpool was fantastic. It started off the season, didn't it? And I just remember thinking, this is a team that can outscore the opposition, yeah. um, which is great entertainment. And and whenever you saw that fixture coming up or them playing one of the top teams, I, I just thought that was box office. You know, it's going to be on Sky or it's going to be one of the picks because there, there was just something really entertaining about the way they were playing. And like you say, even when they were three, four nil down, they they still stuck to what their game plan was, <laughs> you know. And it was always about attacking and, and playing quick football. But it's weird because Melier is still not top of the most saves league. The hair is, <laughs> so that tells you something about Man United's defensive problems. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of saves, <laughs> we have to talk about the the cup final. I yeah. know it was nil-nil after 120 minutes, but my word, uh, this no. is the sort of game where I thought David is going to be putting out bunting for goalkeepers on this. It's <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, I still, I've watched it back over 12, 13, 14 times, the double save. So yeah. you had Cater and then and then Mendy gets and, back um, up for that Mane. I, Mane yeah. I cannot understand how he makes that. Well, I've, yeah, I've watched it, Lindsay, and that's definitely in there for save of the week, you know, along with a few others. But um, yeah, it, it was, it was an incredible save or double save, as you said. And then on top of the fact that he got left out for the penalties. So yeah, I've got so much to ask you about this. Let's yeah. start with that decision. As a goalkeeper, are you fuming if that happens oh. and you've had that sort of performance for 120 minutes? Plus, can I add on to that as well, that he had saved a penalty fairly recently at AFCON? So just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, um, no, I'd, I would be... How are you with that? Yeah, I would be fuming. He was having such a good game. And if he's that good at penalties, Kepa, how come he didn't save one out of 11? Uh, that brings me on to the second part of what I was going to ask, which is, were they sensational penalties like I thought? You're, you're, yeah, see, no, I know. Yeah, no, I've been absolutely duped because I need you to tell me and remind me that actually some of these could have been stopped because... I'm just looking at where the ball finishes up, right? Exactly. And often it was in the side netting. And, yeah. I, and I'm thinking, wow, I've never seen penalties taken like this. But then Darren Bent, who I work with, was saying, actually, I think there was some of there that could have been saved. And I thought, mm. right, that's it. I'm going to speak to David about this. <laughs> yeah. no, but, but you're right. You know, some of, the, some of the penalties were brilliant penalties. They're in the side netting. And I think the first few were, were like that. And, and even when Kepper went the right way, he didn't get anywhere near them. But what I noticed with Kepper is that he kept diving to his right, probably for at least five or six penalties. He was always diving to his right. And I was thinking, I wonder if um, if Liverpool have, uh, have clocked onto this. What I also look at is when the goalkeeper doesn't guess the right way, watch where the ball goes in, in the goal. You know, because if he guesses right, does he save it? And then the other thing that I look at is the player that's taking the penalty. Is he watching the goalkeeper as he strikes the ball, which is what Jorginho does? That's different because they're waiting for the goalkeeper to go one way and, and then they, at the last session, they change their foot angle to turn the ball the other way. But there was a few that were savable if he guesses the right way because a lot of the time the players had their heads down when they hit it and he was guessing one way and he was getting it wrong. But there were still a few in there that were savable if you've guessed the right way. Okay. And that, that was another thing that annoyed me as well with Kepper was that the way that he was like staying out of his area all the time, you know, like trying to be on his six yard line or even a bit closer. And, you know, I know all this, you know, trying to cite the penalty taker out about, you know, making the goal look small behind you and all. But he was like doing it every time. And I was thinking, like, just get on your line, man. <laughs> <laughs> It was really annoying me, you know. And, and would even, that annoy even, you if Martinez did it? Because he does that way more than any other goalkeeper I watch. Yeah, yeah, but like we, we don't see Martinez doing it in a penalty shootout. You know, oh, we, know. we've not seen that. You know, we've not seen in an doing it shootout, but in, in a penalty, yeah. in a penalty, but on penalties he does it. Yeah. yeah, you know, so it, it happens once, and you think, yeah, okay, so you, you know, I know what you're trying to do, but like doing it every single time, I was like, oh, and even Jamie Redknapp mentioned about it. Were you very behaved like, in yeah. those incidences in your career? Would you just so, stand there and wait? Or what, what's going on? Was... Would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going that way. I'm going that way. <laughs> but no, I was, what I used to do sometimes was like, especially in shootouts, if I could get the ball, right? If I got the ball after 
after you know we'd scored or whatever, I would I would throw the ball out but put backspin on it so that the ball would stop in between like the six yard box and the penalty spot so that then they've got to come closer to, to closer to me to pick the ball up and then I'd be stood out trying to look as big as possible. Like what I just said earlier about make, trying to make the goal look tiny, you know, because if you start giving it your, you know, start mouthing off or whatever, people hate to see that, you know, and it's just like, no, get on with it. You know, and that's what, um, that's what I was feeling about with Kepra. I was like, no, just go on your line. And I was like, I was shouting to the ref, yellow card in, yellow card in. <laughs> <laughs> Given what you said about some of the, the possible saves. Yeah. If they'd have gone a different way. For both, how do, does the outcome still be the same? Is uh, Liverpool winning this? I would say so. Even with Kelleher, he guessed wrong a few times. And when you look at where the ball's gone in, you know, you, that's that's what I think. I think like, oh, that's saveable. Um, I don't know. But then what was weird is when Kelleher went up to take his penalty, his face, you could see the nerves on his face. You know, Yeah, I actually said when he went up, I, I thought I you could see his nerves, but actually the penalty was really pen- Yeah. But then afterwards he did an interview, didn't he? And he said that, um, like, I think it was up till he was about 14 or 15, that he used to be an outfield player. And, and I like the way that he ran at the ball and then and whipped it across, got his goal. And I swear to you, this is true, right? Kepa went down and me and Frankie were watching it on the telly. And she says, oh, what do you think? What do you think? I went, he could hit this over the bar. When a goalkeeper goes for power like that, the muscle memory for taking a goal kick clicks in. Mm. I've done it. I, I did it. I did it at Sky. I did it on Soccer AM. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> a little bit different. So when you I must were meant admit. To be in top bins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it's a little bit different, but I thought to, you know, and I've and I've done it like in training as well, where like you think, oh, I just blast it, go for power, and every time I've done that, I've hit it over the crossbar. Mm. And I did exactly the same on soccer AM. <laughs> <laughs> Even his posture, like he, he didn't look comfortable. He did, what was it, like one, two, maybe two steps back and then just put his foot yeah. through. Like, it- Trust me, when it, when it gets to like eight all on penalties, the goalkeepers are bricking it. <laughs> 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 You're thinking, no, please, you like, at least save one so I don't have to take one. <laughs> you ever been involved with one where it goes round again? Because that's what, would have happened, isn't no, it? I was better than that, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> should, I should have known that was coming. No, I've saved three a few times. I know that. Uh, out of five. Final talking point before we move on, David, has to be the VAR controversy in the game between Everton and City. Yeah. And this could have you know, ramifications for both of these teams. You know, Everton are being dragged into a relegation battle. City have got Liverpool breathing down their necks. That was a, th- a three valuable points that they mm. needed. So what was your thoughts about the fact that VAR didn't intervene? And also now we're starting to hear that the the whole arm should be considered again, not this T-shirt line which yeah. had been introduced. Well, when when I was watching it, uh, if I'm honest, I was thinking, I was I was saying, please disallow it, please disallow it, because obviously, Leeds. on a Leeds fan <laughs> point of view, because <laughs> yeah. I didn't want Everton getting anything. Um, and then when I saw it, I was like, penalty, you know, because I as soon as I saw the replay, I was like, that's penalty. I said, but the only the only thing is, if he's got a long sleeve shirt on, I think that gets given. 
is because he's got a short sleeve shirt on and the ball hits him there. I think that was the gray, the gray area of whether it's handball or whether it's below the t-shirt line and all that. But I, I still felt that if he, if that was a long sleeve shirt that he had on, the referee would have given it. Do you think they're going to change that rule then and just say the whole arm? I think they should. You know, what's, that's what it used to be. I'm sure it was never like halfway down your, your no, no, that's your quite arm. new. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it's just adding more gray area. You know, no, like your shoulders, your shoulder. The rest of it is is your arm. And that, that's as, as simple as it needs to be. See, equally, it frustrated me as well in the League Cup final when Lukaku was offside by his yeah. shoulder. Mm. Because he's not going to score with that. You know, I, I find that line quite painful to to witness yeah. as well because there should be there should be just feet considered, right? You know, it's a foot yeah. race. Yeah, but that's what it used to be. It used to be if, the, if it's anything that you can score a goal with, isn't it? Then, yeah. it's, then it's, it Maybe can it should be, be disallowed if somehow Lukaku does score with his shoulder and that was the bit that was offside, yeah. maybe yes. then it gets, do you know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, and that sounds silly, yeah. but if you're going to count that, that if he scores with it, then fair enough. But he's not going to, he's going to score with his feet. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I still feel that, that that the line situation should be, they should they should change the offside rule. They should make it, if, if it's clear daylight between you, the, the striker and the defender, if yeah. it's clear daylight there, offside. Yeah. We're, we're now we're disallowing goals for people being that much offside. You know, where, where's the advantage to the striker goal? You know? Surely that's not what the league wants for around the world either. They want I know, goals. They want goals, exactly. You know, we, we, they're getting chalked off for like millimetres of a player being offside. Totally. You know, the whole, yeah, if the whole player is offside, you know, and it, and it's still a millimetre, then that's fair enough. You know, you can see that it's that that's offside. You know, people say you can see it's offside but it's obviously offside. This is like millimetres and it's so frustrating. I haven't seen anyone else ask, and this was going through my mind when it happened. Do you think because there was no pressure on the ball, so when it hit Rodri, if there was a real goal-scoring opportunity, if an Everton player was about to whip in there and maybe take the ball off of him and score, but, but do you think because there was no one really around him, the ref or the, or the VAR might have gone, they weren't going to score from it anyway, so we're yeah. not counting it. There was a, a lot more of the fans that appealed for it as well, weren't they? Oh, than, they were. Than players. Up. The players, yeah, the yeah. Them players. I yeah, I thought that. But I just, I just wonder because there was nothing, no pressure on him. Let the game play on. I wonder if there was an element of that. Um, it's possible because and it, and it bounced when it bounced, it spun, didn't it? Yeah. You know, it mm-hmm. bounced and spun off to the right. To you know, and that's that's why it hit him on the arm. Yeah, um, the thing that's frustrating, though, isn't it, for all of us, is this clear and obvious because. Is that clear and obvious you, David? What does that mean to you? What does clear and obvious mean to me? <laughs> it was clear and obvious, and obvious to, to me. Yeah. It was clear, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I find that it's not meant to be about opinion. We're meant to be eradicating that and making it more of a precise science. Yeah. Yet, it's all about interpretation yeah. still. Yeah. So I don't know what we've gained really in some, in some respects. And yeah. I think that highlighted it more than any other game of the weekend. Yeah, and even as a Leeds fan, I must admit, it, it looks a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> this is Seaman Says. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Seaman says with Safe Style, the great saves you can't beat Safe Style. Right, guys, it's time for Save of the Week with Safe Style. And this week, um, there was a couple, but they were obviously they weren't in the Premier League, so there weren't that many games. Um, and I was watching Middlesbrough Tottenham last night, and that was quite enjoyable. <laughs> if I'm honest, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Joe, I think it's Joe Lumley from Middlesbrough made a, a really important save late on, actually in extra time. It was a little save down to his left and kept the score at one nil. So that was a really important save. But as soon as I saw it, I, I didn't need to look at any of the saves. Edouard Mendy, take a bow because the double save you made in the cup final was unbelievable. First of all, the save from Cater was a good save, but it was a long range shot, but he got up and the rebound save was just fantastic. It reminded me a little bit of Jim Montgomery, the save that he made against Leeds in the cup final years and years ago, where the rebound, he just got up there and got a block on it at the top of his hands and flew over the crossbar. So, uh, Edouard Mendy, that was an amazing save, mate. You deserve that for not like being able to go in for the penalty shootout, by the way. Controversial. I can't believe <laughs> happened. Well, I, I sort of can believe it happened, but you know, when you look at it, the game that he'd had and the quality of goalkeeper he is, if that would have been me, I would have been fuming. <laughs> but hopefully the save of the week helps but him. Put a smile, smile on his face. Yeah, <laughs> just put a little smile on his face for the rest of the week. But um, <laughs> Amazing double save. That was Save of the Week with Safe Style. For great saves, you can't beat Safe Style. Save of the Week with Safe Style. The UK's number one for windows and doors. Seaman says, in conversation. My guest today is an invincible who made over 500 appearances during his career, winning three league titles and four FA Cups along the way. Ray Parler. Thanks for coming on, pal. Um, That's all right, mate. What have you been up to? Uh, well, you know, you should be with me uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's been a, that was a great little trip to be fair, Dave. You missed a, a good one there. I know you're, you're missing one that well or COVID, so yeah, it's, no, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, it was a fantastic trip though, a real eye opener. Because if I'm being honest, if someone said to me Rwanda, I knew it was in Africa, but where in Africa, I didn't have a clue. Yeah. I didn't know how small it was. Uh, you know, it was it was an amazing to see. Very very hilly. It's, it's, it's called the country of the thousand hills. So. It was up and down like a yo-yo. It was unbelievable with a car. And, uh, and obviously, I thought you were going to say, as a former pro, you were up and down. You were fine. <laughs> no, no, you could no, take no, those hills on. That. No, it was it, it was one one road to one end of the island to the well to the country to the other really. So it was quite a long way. It's about five hours we was in the car for. Uh, but it was it was amazing to see this. The scenery is unbelievable. I mean, when you was really high, you're looking down and. Uh, and all the people walk, a lot of people walk out there, which is amazing. They push right. their bikes up the hills, and uh, it's a different <laughs> life, really. But uh, yeah, it was it was a real experience, and obviously we went and see the gorillas as well, which How was, was uh, a ma- amazing experience. I mean, it, it's amazing how close you get to them, and they're wild. I know you. You sent me that. You sent me that video, Ray. Right, and I yeah. was like, really that close? <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my daughter come with me, and my missus, and uh, my daughter had a bit of a bad experience because. Right, one of the uh, silverbacks, uh, he stood up and he went up and he ran. And no one of the girls pushed her out of the way just in time. He would have run through her. 
Oh. And uh, after that, she was going, Dad, I've had enough now, Dad. I think I'll be going now. <laughs> so uh, that, that was quite scary. But I said to you, it's one of the sort of things you go, you might not go back, you might take your children when they're older because you know yeah. what, you, what you can experience. But uh, no, it was amazing to see how close they were, the babies. And obviously, you don't get too close to the silverbacks. They're massive, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they'll run through you. Uh, so uh, I did ask, I did ask the You've been playing British yeah, Bulldog. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did ask you, any bad experiences you can tell me about? Like, you know, he went, yeah, we lost four people last week. What? No, not really, Lindsay, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to be like, right, I'm never going. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, David, you just escaped, yeah. <laughs> but spe- speaking of Arsenal, Ray, what have you made of it so far? Um, well, at the moment, in a very positive position. I mean, uh, top four is always going to be difficult, if I'm being honest. Uh, but now they're in a position where they've got every chance. Uh, I think the youngsters are certainly improved. Um, he's got that. He's got certain players out of the club that he wanted out. Uh, and now it's just, you know, they've just got to believe they can do it to the end of the season. They've still got some tough games. We know that. I mean, Spurs always going to be a difficult. Chelsea away. Liverpool home, West Ham at home. Uh, Manchester United at home could be a massive game so uh, but they've got every chance now and I think they're playing well I thought they played well against Man City and lost the game showed that bit of experience and I think the the thing I've noticed about over the Emirates this year is the the atmosphere so much better I mean the the crowd are really behind the players and you know even if they they show that little bit of grit and and I think there's a lot more resilience in the team now I think the back four is a lot more stronger than what it was I think Partey and Jack are playing a lot better in that central midfield area and obviously, yeah. we know about Saka, Smith-Rowe and Odegaard has, has really stepped up as well. So, yeah. all, those guys, all those guys have done really well, but it's still a long way to go. I don't get carried away because you, you can all go wrong very, very quickly at Arsenal yeah. if they lost two or three games. But at the moment, it's positive, young team. Uh, and you must be delighted with Ramsdale. I mean, he's been, he's yeah. been brilliant since he's come into, into the uh, position. Yeah, he has. He's he's been proper, you know, and he's he's like he's really taken to it, you know. I always said to people, Ray, about you know, everybody questions the fact that he's had two relegations, and I'm like, no, that's great experience for him because he's had to experience the pressure of going yeah. down, and he's played, and whenever wherever he's played, he's always got player of the season, you know, because he's yeah, had, yeah. had a lot to do. But it shows to me that he can he can handle that pressure, you know. And I think that's why he's he's taken to the to being Arsenal's number one so easily, you know, and he's. Mm. He's gone in there and he's got the fans behind him straight away. But the fans will, they will notice, you know, they'll be like, all right, he's getting the fan, you know, he's getting us with him. But, but we need to see him make saves. And that's what he's, that's exactly what he's been doing. He's been making some brilliant saves. If that chip advert is anything to go by, he, he actually could lift trophies quite easily as well. <laughs> yeah. Your chips. Ah. I loved it. It was so good. You told us about it, um, yeah. but it, it didn't even touch the sides of what it was like when you saw it for the first time. It was such a good advert. It was so funny. It was so yeah. funny doing it. You know, it was, um, you know, it's a proper fish and chip shop just outside. Yeah. The and they had queues outside. Did you see? Yeah. After the advert came out. Yeah. I don't know whether you saw this on social media this week, but there was a thread and there was an open letter from a fan, which loads of other people then joined in just saying, dear Arteta, I got you wrong, basically. I don't know whether you saw the <laughs> outline. I wondered whether you you got him wrong. Did you get him wrong? Um, I, I said you've got to give him a chance. I mean, you can't keep sacking managers. I know it, it takes time and he had a lot of problems when he first got the job. You know, he, he had that little click in the dressing room where he had to try and get out of it. And you know full well, it's not easy to get rid of players when they're on big yeah. contracts uh, and they're settled and they might not be playing, but they say, well, why, I don't want to leave. 
So he got them out of the club, Mustafi and Ozil and uh, Klasinac has left now. A few of them have gone now. And now he's got a little team that's all together. Um, and so I was, I was, I would, I was a little bit more give him a chance more than uh, when he has a few bad results because he's a young manager. I know he won the yeah. FA Cup, give him a little bit more time, mm-hmm. but you've got to, you've got to give him a little bit more of a, a, a chance and, and get his team what he wants out there because that's a problem a lot of managers have when you, when you take over. You've got a lot of players on contracts, and you might not want to want the players, but you can't get rid of them, and they can upset the dressing room. You, and I think that's what happened with um, Mikel Arteta. But now he's got a squad that looks all together. You know, they, they celebrate after games. I don't mind that. People go, "Oh, well, they yeah. celebrate you like they've won them." But I, I like I like the connection with celebrating with the away fans or whoever it is, because the fans like them celebrating as well, saying, "Well, yeah, that's a big game tonight." Because every three points is massive. It doesn't matter if you're yeah. playing Man United or Burnley. You know, every three, you can't get more, no more points if you're playing against Manchester United. So I don't mind that in any team. We really celebrate with their fans at the end of the game. We saw United when they beat Leeds. Um, yeah. People said, oh, look at them. Look, this is how, how far they've fallen. But it was a massive game for Man United to bounce back and get a result. Yeah, and, and the way, I'm sorry, Lindsay, but the way that they celebrated after beating Wolves, that, that was incredible, wasn't it? You know, to get that late goal. Lindsay's yeah. a Wolves fan, Ray, so... Oh, yeah, no, I think so. <laughs> but the way that they celebrated after that, that was amazing, yeah. Twice, it? You know, twice you, you celebrated like that. that. They were like... <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to ask you is, obviously, we were together for a long, long time. Well, we, we were together for my whole career at, uh, at Arsenal. Yeah. But you went on to do something that I'm really jealous about. The Invincibles. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, you know. And I, I wondered keep... what you were going to say, but <laughs> you know, it was a year out, David. It was a year, year afterwards. Oh. Yeah, I just left, and then the year afterwards, we went and did that. And I'm like, oh. yeah. And I keep, you know, people keep. Sometimes I even get involved. You know, people say, oh yeah, you're an invincible, and I'm like, no, I'm not. Just, just say yeah, just say yeah. <laughs> no, just say yeah. yeah. I get on the back. I say yeah. They were the invincibles. We were the Incredibles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I. How did that feel, mate? Because that, you know, from going through all your career, because you had what I had, right? Yeah. That was epic. But then to go and do that. Yeah, it it was amazing, really. I mean, I think Arsene Wenger said it when you was there, Dave. I mean, the year before, didn't he? He said, this team possibly can go unbeaten because it's not always about the level of play. It's about the squad depth. So if you get a couple of injuries or suspensions, like Leeds have had, sometimes you can't deal with it. But we had a lot of good players behind the scenes who, who could step in. Not as good as people like Dennis Bergkamp and Henri, but they could do a similar sort of job. Um, you know, so that's what Wenger said, why he said that. But at the start of the season, you never go, right, we're going to go and beat this year, lads. We can do it. You know, it's all about winning the uh, championship. It's all about winning the Premier. And then it was just a bonus, really, for, for me. But if I'm being honest, the last four games were the hardest, really was. Because, you know, it's like it? you've, got, you've got every other team now. You've won the league already. And you're thinking, well, we can take a foot off the pedal, but we couldn't because we're still unbeaten. And then we had a couple of really tough ones. We went to Fratton Park, Portsmouth. Oh, we got yeah. battered. Yeah, how, we, how we got played... draw out of that game, I never know. Uh, yeah. Jens Lehmann had a, a game of his life. Yeah. Uh, and we end up drawing 1-1. Um, and they could have beat us 5-1. And it would have been an unfair result. So we held in there. But one thing about uh, the team, well, you played in the same sort of team as, as well, is that you never knew when you was beaten. You know, sometimes we was down 1-2-0 and we always come back and got a 2-2 draw or, or something. And he had players off the bench who could change it. Wiltor, Carnu, 
who could, you know, change a game as, as much as Omri or Burkamp. So, at times, he had four up front when he had to, Arsene Wenger, <laughs> just to get back into the game. But, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And you don't really think about it. Uh, and even that last game of the season, I mean, we was one nil down half-time to, to Leicester City. Yeah. And you're thinking, come on, lads, we can't blow it home. And suddenly, you know, they turned it on in the second half and Omri got the, the goal after half-time. And then Patrick, obviously, was such an important player for the, for the team. He pops up and gets the uh, winning goal. Uh, and then even then, it doesn't sink in. The most important thing is getting your hands on the trophy. And so, yeah. look, oh, look at this. This is fantastic. <laughs> but then, obviously, every year goes by a day when no one does it. And people have been close, by the way. Man City have been close. Liverpool, I- we I know. I wanted to come on to that. I wanted to come on to that. Because why do you think... Man City haven't done it because you talked about squad depth there and we've been saying for years about Man City and the way that their second 11 could probably still get in the top four mm. if they put if they put out a separate team why haven't they done it um I think you need a bit of luck along the way um and you always have one bad day at the office as they say and mm. lucky enough when we had a really bad day we managed to like this Portsmouth game you know, we, we, how we managed to get a draw, I don't know. Uh, but we did. Uh, and maybe when Man City have had a really bad day, they've lost like they have. So I, I celebrate every year now when Liverpool Man City get beat. I go get in there now for another year. Still a record holder. I don't care what you say. If they did do it, you say, well, well done. Because it's an unbelievable achievement. But you really, deep down, don't want them to do it. You, you really don't. You want to say, well, we, we, we was the only team, really. I know you go back to the 1800s and someone done it, but in the, in this era, to say we went unbeaten. And uh, I know Celtic have done it up in Scotland. But uh, no, it's an, it's an amazing achievement for all the lads. And, you know, every year goes by and you always get reminded of it. Oh, you're just being invincible, we're invincible, we're invincible. But you just don't, you know, yeah, I, I, I say it talk to talk now. I say, stop saying it's invincible. You know, you just say me name for God's sake. It I says, like, I, I'd, it I'd says like, I write the scripts. I yeah. write the scripts. So <laughs> you get quite embarrassed sometimes. You're going to keep mentioning it. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You're very proud of being part of that team uh, because it was a, an unbelievable team. And Dave, you you would know yourself on on a Friday afternoon when it was eight v eight, which we used to do. Yeah, there were some tackles flying in, oh. I you, and it was a proper feisty game. This is before the, the game on a Saturday, so uh, it, it was. If you put them six, if you put those sixteen players together, though, you know you got half a chance of winning the, the next day. No, mate, it's been ace having you on. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Lindsay. Cheers, mate. Cheers Ray. Thank See you. Bye. Bye. See you. See you guys. Cheers, Ray. We'll release the full uncut chat with him right here after the weekend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. So, Lynn's looking ahead to the games this weekend. There's one that really, really stands out, which is the Manchester derby. Yeah. You know, I also proper. think that, that City lately, and, and we saw what happened with Peterborough as well. Peterborough were holding them for, was it an hour? Yeah. I think there's something to be got at at the moment in this Man City team. I don't know what it is. I don't know how it's crept into the team. Um, but there's a chink there right now. And I think Manchester United must think, 
right, this is the time to play them. I hope it's not going to be one of those Manchester derbies that's like nil-nil. Yeah. We've had some boring ones over that. the years. Yeah, I know you would. Part the bus. What was the last brilliant Manchester derby in your memory, Callum? You know, one where you're on the edge of your seat sort of stuff. Because I, I think that they've underwhelmed somewhat. Um, Straight away, I think of the Wayne Rooney Shinner over Ed Kitch. But that was, how long ago was that? I know. Yeah, exactly. well, I was going to say the, the 4 3 when Michael Owen scored in the last minute. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we need a good one. Golf. Maybe we're due uh-huh. one then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> due a good one. <laughs> Does the team talk do work for itself this week? Because after Liverpool won the the League Cup, I was astounded at all the quadruple talk. In fact, I got yeah. asked on Premier League TV, I was doing a live hit and it was like, you know, people are talking about a quadruple. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, winning the League Cup often and certainly six of the, the last eight teams that have won it have gone on to win another trophy. So often mm-hmm. it indicates that there could be a double on the cards. But yeah. to say quadruple with City in the position that they're in, in the Premier League, but also with their ambitions. And like you say, Pep is going to be going full out to try and make sure that he gets a a Champions League winner's medal whilst he's at City. I I thought that was a bit bold. Um, I know we don't have a Liverpool fan on with us for this one, but (laughs) um, uh, do you think that was a bit much to say quadruple? I know Liverpool have looked great, but where did that just suddenly come from? I think it's just that the run that they're on, but no chance. I can't see City losing this league. I feel they're just set for that. And then the next step is the Champions League. But, um, I I think it will be closer than we think, though. Um, I, I've it, just yeah. got a feeling. You know when you know when Liverpool had that fantastic season and still only came second because City got over the hundred yeah. point mark. I I know that we can't get to those sorts of figures, but I just think it will be like that close again, and it will just be City being like, "Hi, yeah, just a couple of points." <laughs> yeah, we just let you get close. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would your mindset change then? Say we we're chatting next week and City lose this weekend. Mm. Does then your mindset change? They're not going to. It's only United. <laughs> no. Wishful thinking, I know, but you know. No, actually. <laughs> I don't think it would. I don't I don't think it would change. Oh, and they I have got it. to play each other next month. Yeah. City and Liverpool. Liverpool do tend to come out on top against City. All my money's on City. <laughs> Still. <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side, and spinning it back onto Arsenal a little bit. But this month could rule United out of the top four race. True. The games they've got. So do you reckon Rangnick's going, it's now or never? Like if we don't get at least six points from these next three games against City, Liverpool and Tottenham? Um, I think, yeah, I think three possible from Tottenham. You know, that would be what I would say. But then you've still got West Ham in there. You know, all right, Arsenal look really good because they've, they've got games in hand, but they're not points yet. They've still got to win them games. But yeah, it's, it is. It's, I know what you mean. It's really, it's it's a big weekend for Man United. And, and Liverpool. Liverpool have got West Ham. You know, you just mentioned yeah. that's West the harder Ham. match. That's that. I yeah. think that's the closer match, in in my opinion. I think City should do it. But are you, Callum? Are you worried about what West Ham could achieve and knocking potentially coming and knocking um, United? I don't. Th- I don't think I'm worried about West Ham. Um, I think they'll get into Europe. I don't think they'll. I think they'll be close. Um, I think Arsenal depend on how well they do against the bigger teams because they don't tend to do well against the yeah. bigger teams and they've got those games yet to play. Spurs uh, hit and miss, so I'm not sure. I don't. I, don't, I honestly don't think United will do it. I honestly don't. I think so, if I was to put money gonna... on it, I'd think Spurs would do it. Spurs? Yeah. Over Arsenal? No. Yeah. Oof. 
controversial. Just, just the Conti factor. There weren't any Conti factor last night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One less thing to worry way. about. Yeah. The other I'm, thing that we all tend to do as well when we look at fixture lists is we look at, oh, you know, who's playing the big teams. At this point of the season, certainly in a couple of weeks' time, you've got to look at who's got something to play for. So if you're playing a Burnley or an Everton or a Newcastle, those are the those are the teams that are going to actually take points away, I think. Um, yeah. and, and we need to focus less on, you know, you talked about Arsenal performing against bigger teams, but I don't know. I think it all becomes a bit hazy over the next few weeks as to what those yeah. big big games are yeah no you're right you, you do you you look for what what is on this game you know is it yeah. a really yeah. vital three points at the bottom or a really vital three points at the top um yeah. and that in-between area gets to a stage where when they if you're play playing Southampton team, you just think that and uh, they're just gonna switch <laughs> off how many <laughs> <laughs> flip-flops on the beach <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever. Sorry, who, who are we? Uh, who are we on the heels of at the moment? Uh, exactly. Well, that might be us on the beach as well if we lose another one. <laughs> yeah, because the the relegation battle is nowhere near over. Because if you're playing against a team at the bottom, you know you're in for a tough game. I so I was having this discussion somewhere else this week. Can't remember. I've spoken so much since I got back to, about football, but. Um, I think points on the board at the top of the table are more mm. important than games in hand. But at the bottom of the table, I think yeah. games in hand suddenly feel like they weigh heavier. So the fact that you look at Everton and Burnley, you think the yeah. advantages with them. And I know they haven't got the points on the board, so to speak, but those games in hand are huge. Yeah. But surely they're more stressful, though, because you've still got to go and get the points from those games. So yeah, but then the games that they've got in hand are they against mid-table teams? Well, whoever they're against, they're going to be higher up the league than they are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? No, it's like it's like what has that team got to play for? You know, are they are they're safe yeah. and they can't get in Europe? That's they're the fixtures you want. Well, you, you kind of the want them against hand. the teams like Saints and pro- probably Wolves because they're the yeah. ones that are actually we're so safe yeah. now. But yeah. we're not probably going to get Europe. So what, what, what is there to play for? That, that's the way they'll look at it. You're not probably going to get Europe. I'd rather have Come Saints on. than Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't down. take three points off on us. <laughs> I'm going to laugh in your face if somehow we manage it. <laughs> even, even if Wolves manage it, I'm still going to laugh in your face. <laughs> there was a compliment in there somewhere. Like I know, I was trying to find it. But... <laughs> Seaman says, this week's predictions. Right, Lindsay, it's time for predictions. I think because I've had um, a couple of weeks away, we need a refresher of where we are and, and what yeah. the, the gap is. I think I think the lads have done like a really good job for you because the gap's got smaller. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, guys. Because <laughs> I think when you left, I think there was like a seven-point gap or something like that. And, and now then it's they've just managed five. to produce it. Five. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it was 5-4 to you last weekend. At least I'm still in front. I mean, I half expected to come back and be behind, to be honest. Yeah, but the overall scores at the moment is me on 94 points and you on 99 points. I don't know what you mean, Lindsay. You were here all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't gone anywhere. 
bit scouse then. <laughs> I'm going to tick over to 100, am I? Um, hopefully. So yeah. let's start off then. So you're, you've got your team first. This is going to be difficult for you to call. It is. Like Leicester versus Leeds, new manager. Will he be able to get a reaction from the players? I hope so. I'm going to go with 2-1 Leicester. I can't believe I'm going against Leeds. I'm going to go against Leeds as well. Um, I, I'm going to go 3-1 Leicester. I'm going to say that maybe Rafinha's going to score. Villa Saints. Um, this is a 3pm on Saturday one. Oh, I actually think this is going to be quite evenly matched. I'm going to... Do I put my Desmond here or do I go 1-1? One, one? Oh, I'm going for a draw. I'm going to say Desmond, 2-2. Two, two. Oh, yeah. oh. I'd take that away to Villa, to be honest. I'm going to go either 2-1 Saints or 2-1 Villa. Go 2-1 Saints, because last time you did this, I went for a draw when Linz was away and we won. So maybe you, you're a lucky charm. <laughs> right, then. Uh, yeah, all right. I like lucky charms. 2-1 Saints. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one up is Burnley versus Chelsea. To be fair, you never know with Burnley because they can be stubborn. But I'm still going to go 3-1 Chelsea. I think this is going to be so close. I, I'm tempted to even Ooh, say Burnley here. Go the other way. But Oof. I'm not I'm not going to quite do that. I'm going to go for a real stubborn performance, though. I think this might be nil-nil. Right, then. Newcastle, Brighton. What's happened to Brighton in recent weeks? I mean, they're reaching that nine wins mark that we spoke about at the beginning of the season. I think yeah. they're on seven. They're now, booking so. holidays. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Newcastle, Brighton. I'll start us off with a Newcastle win here. I think it's going to be 2 1. Yeah, I'm going to go three. I'll go 3 1. And then next, next up is Norwich against Brentford. I'm going to go for 1-1. I'm going 1-0 Brentford. Oof. I think Ericsson could be involved and maybe set up Tony or something, but that yeah. bit of quality to shine, but yeah. very, very close. Wolves Palace. I hate these ones. Mm. Sort, sort of game we don't do brilliantly in. Um, I'm going to say 1-0 Wolves. I'm chucking my Desmond in here. Definite. I'm going 2-2. Then a massive game of the weekend, Liverpool against West Ham. The fact that it's at Anfield just gives it an edge to um, to Liverpool. I'm going to go 3-0 Liverpool. I think, I was going to say 3-1. Yeah, I'm going to stick with 3-1 Liverpool. Cool. Uh, Watford Arsenal. I can see Saka, maybe Smith Rowe. I'm going to go 2-0 Arsenal. This is what I have to look far for each other's training grounds. <laughs> <laughs> Poke a telescope through the bush that you said yeah. today. It was that drone again? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go. Uh, yeah, I feel confident for a, an Arsenal win. And I'm going to go two-one. Right then, the next, which is the biggest game for me, I think, of the weekend, is the Man City against Man United on the Sunday, four thirty. I'm going to go for. 3-1 at Man City. I'm going to go 1-0 Man City. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lastly, Spurs-Everton mm. at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. This one I'm I'm at on Monday. I'm hoping this has got a few goals. I think that Spurs are winning this 3-1. I've gone for a few 3-1s. Um, I'm going to go for 2-0. 
I even think that Everton might score first. Mm. I think it'll be 1 0 and then Spurs will score yeah. three. Coming off the back of that FA Cup defeat as well, they look poor. Mm. I really need to start catching up with you soon, Lindsay. We'll see you next week with the full chat with Ray Parler. This is a Listening Dog Media Production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply